baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Oh, baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been. Been hoping that you drop so it. Good evening and welcome to another episode of 48 Shades of Football, Korea's premier English language K-League podcast. Um, it's quite cold today, isn't it? It is indeed. Do, do you fancy? Do you fancy your uh, footy on a, a cold, cold night in uh, the middle of winter? Uh, I don't actually like watching football in the cold. I prefer watching it if it's boiling hot. I don't mind because you can have a cold beer. It can cool you down. But I don't really like watching football in the, in the freezing cold that it is in Korea. I think when I went down, when I went with the Phantom down to Asan, he watched the playoff first leg, yep. and the playoff first match, sorry, um, it was just too cold. And I went to Incheon on the on the Saturday, and it was just yeah, it was it was uncomfortably cold. So yeah, I don't like my football when when it's too cold. I prefer watching at home. I prefer being an, an armchair fan when it's freezing, and a stadium fan when it's warm. So you chose tonight's intro. Do you want to explain what it was all about? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll let you explain, Paul, because I, I told you why uh, in, the, in the preview, yeah? But you put it so eloquently. <laughs> well, obviously, uh, it was uh, Tom Jones uh, and Ceres Matthews' Baby It's Cold Outside, which I know we've used before. I think we actually used it this time last winter. But it should be said that it is actually Baltic outside. It, I woke up at like 4 o'clock in the morning, it was minus 5 or something, so yeah. So I think it's a good time to use something a, a, a second time. Um, but what, what's your preference then? I mean, for example, me myself, personally, I prefer cold weather because I can put a jumper on and I hate the, the blistering heat in Korea but for watching uh, in summer but for watching football I prefer hot weather but what about you? Uh, well I don't particularly like to be out in a, a cold breeze uh, feel the breeze blowing down my neck etc etc so yeah I'd much rather be in the warm weather ok and uh, thinking about SU Seoul like, how do Seoul perform when it comes in the winter months do you think Seoul are, a, are, are more of a summer team or more of a winter team because I have a theory about Seoul now about this ok so Seoul uh, well I don't know if it's weather related but Seoul are quite slow start, renowned to be quite slow starters yeah. right when the, when the weather's cool in the early March um, they played last year as they got to the FA Cup final which is like last match of the season so yeah. it's played in relatively cold weather they won one out of the last three they were in so see so what you say they're pretty poor in the cold pretty poor all year round oh yeah <laughs> okay uh, well, although that. not as bad as I thought yeah because I I've started looking into writing an article for the blog about Sol's, grading Sol's performance this year. Okay. Uh, and it wasn't quite as bad as I remembered. Okay, really? It was still not good. Yeah. It was pretty terrible, right? But there was... Defensively, they're a lot better than I remembered. Okay. And they're attacking... I, I, I seem to remember them having difficulty scoring goals, but they scored in almost every game they played. Oh, okay. So. That's a lot better, I thought. Yeah. Um, so now, I think, never used to be poor in the cold, but I think definitely over the last three years, if you look at the last three seasons, yeah. uh, when we made the top six, we only won one game in five. Yeah. Uh, last year, we, when we were in the bottom six, uh, we only won one game in five. Um, and ended up 
obviously losing in the playoff final as well. And then this year, uh, when we were playing for the playoffs, I think we won only one game in five uh, in the last five or six games as well. Yeah. So they're not going to do very well in the Kyungi Cup then. Well, I think that may be why they pulled out of the Kyungi Cup already. Although the rumours from Australia are that they were actually never in the Kyungi Cup in the first place. So for the, those. We call it week listeners. You'll know that the Gyeonggi Cup was a, a tournament that was uh, being arranged for those teams that are in the Gyeonggi area. Sisters and teams Sisters in the Gyeonggi area, the, of the which Gyeonggi. there were six. Yep, uh, it would seem that there are no longer six, <laughs> and there are, in actual fact, now four okay. um, teams in the Gyeonggi Cup. Uh, so we talked about the six teams we had included Songnam and Ansan yep. were there uh, Songnam may or may not have ever actually been in it and may have just actually been being used by the organisers to kind of drum up a bit of attention yep. um, but the semi-finals we were correct on the date the date is the, the 2nd of December that's uh, this Saturday right? this Saturday yep so the semi-finals are on Saturday and then the final will be on December 5th um, which uh, is like the Wednesday or something, yeah. Um, so the first semi-final will take place at Butchon Stadium, and it will be amazingly Butchon v Anyang, which I would have thought they'd have tried to make the final, right? Yeah. Because it may be the only game that gets anybody to actually go, yeah. Uh, so the first semi-final, Butchon v Anyang, and the second semi-final, Suwon FC versus Butchon. Okay. Have you got a time? Kickoff time. Uh, the kickoff times I do have kickoff times. They're two p.m. Two p.m. So we could yeah. we could go to that the one at Puchon. Uh, we could, but I haven't just discussed how I hate watching football when it's cold. I'll probably give that a body swerve. But it would be a good game. I guess this is the inaugural Gyeonggi Cup. I don't know if it's ever been run before. Um, so yeah, so basically, yeah, two p.m. kickoffs. Uh, the final. Uh, will be the kickoff time. Uh, the, the final is also a two pm kickoff as well on Tuesday. On, on Tuesday, yeah. Um, so, who's your pick for each game? Uh, Butchon v Anyang. I'm going to go for Butchon. Okay. I mean, but if I base it on the fact that it's full, uh, if they play full same teams, yeah. Um, based on the last year's challenge, then I'm going to see Butchon v Anyang. Uh, maybe 2 now, and then the other semi-finals Suwon FC versus Pochon I'm going to obviously going to go with even though as good a team as Pochon are in the cup in the FA Cup I'm going to say it'll be uh, Suwon will be striding into the final but surely all the foreign players from both teams are off on their holes uh, be a bit of a yeah. bit more levelling the playing field I guess indeed no, and no, actually, Wagon, no, no Bruce well Bruce may or may not uh, be on his halls he might in actual fact be currently in Indonesia uh, which may very well be where he's going on vacation oh, um, I, I'm, I'm speaking as quick as I can we could even joke there but uh, basically yeah, the rumours are that he's been he's been linked with uh, a move to PSM Makassar which I guess are in the Indonesian first division um, so he may actually be in Indonesia signing or sealing that contract uh, but yeah you've got to imagine that, that the foreign players will all be away home um, so for example that would mean um, players like Lukian, players like uh, Piranha uh, Wagamino not going to be playing either yeah yep. so we kind of previewed these these weekend games in the uh, the Kyungi Cup 
There's one more game at the weekend, but before we get to preview that, we'd uh, obviously need to review yep. the first leg of the FA Cup final. So the FA Cup final so happened yesterday. It happened yesterday. So the FA Cup final is usually on back-to-back uh, Saturdays, or sorry, back-to-back weekends. That's yep. not say Saturdays. Um, but obviously, with Pusan being in the playoff final, uh, the KFA didn't want to delay it by a full week which would take us into like mid-December yep. um, so they played the first leg in Pusan in the Gugok Stadium was played last night so in last week's podcast we reviewed the first leg of the playoff yep. final which um, Sangjur won 1-0 away at Pusan mm-hmm. did you watch the return leg? I did indeed ok what happened? Uh, the star of the show was that fantastic player that we all love VAR VAR yeah what a game he had. Um, basically, uh, both teams had the goal chopped off. Yep. Uh, it finished 1-0 to Poussin. Okay. Um, which then meant it went to uh, aggregate to extra time. So basically, Sanger's goal was chopped off. It was a free kick that was swung into the box. Um, and the guy was offside. So basically, the free kick came in. Or the cross came in, and there was like two Sanju players challenging for it, and the one nearest to the ball was offside. He didn't get it; he missed the header. But the guy who was furthest from the ball did get it and, and scored the goal. Uh, but it was chopped off for far because the first guy definitely was in the field of play. He he challenged for the ball, uh, so you have to say that. He was taking a defender away, he was taking the attention of the goalkeeper, so yeah, I agreed with, with that one. It was a bit, I can understand why people would complain it wasn't a good call, but I agree it was the right call. Um, Poussin then scored their second of the night, um, and that was chopped up by Far as well. Same idea, cross came in from the left hand side, and the guy at the far side um, was offside, but it was kind of different from, from the Sanjo one in the fact that. The guy nearest to the ball wasn't offside, but the guy further from the ball was, and it was the guy nearest to the ball who scored. Okay. Um, the guy who who was furthest didn't touch the ball, so in my mind that's different. He never got the opportunity. He never got the opportunity to get the ball right. So in my mind, yes, he might be taking a player out, but he's not. But the focal point of the goalkeeper is always going to be on the guy in front of him. You would think the guy, not the guy who's away at the other end of the pitch, right? Um, so I, th- I thought Busan were hard done by uh, but even if both goals had stood I still feel if Far hadn't overruled them Busan would have went through on away goals right uh, it wasn't to be uh, it went to penalties extra time I think we just played out for the penalty shootout um, and then we witnessed yeah like the best 10 best penalties I think I've ever seen taken well 9 of them 9 of them at least anyway um, so Korea has implemented I, saw, I, I actually watched the penalty shootout yep uh, I saw um, penalty legend Yu Sang-hoon playing in goal for Sangju did uh, he play the full game or did he get brought on for the penalties um, he was on before the penalties I, I will be honest my focus was more on Pusan and not who was in goals for Sangju so I don't know what, the, if he started the game ok but we can check that out yeah um, but yeah, the penalty killer, as he's known in, in certain uh, overseas-based Korean football fans uh, forums, let's say, um, 
not really convinced he actually is the penalty killer, but anyway, I thought his celebration uh, for the penalty that was blasted o- over the bar, I thought it was distasteful at best. Uh, he had no influence on that guy missing the penalty, uh, and I think it was a little bit kind of uh, r- a kind of ridiculous celebration, to be honest. Um, basically, Korea ha- has implemented the the uh, tennis tiebreak. Um, system of penalties. Yeah. So I'm going to give my opinion on that first, and then I'm going to ask you for your opinion. I guess. For me, I thought it, I think it's a far better way of taking penalties. So this is the idea that you have one, then two. So for example, the Pusan took the first one, yep. and then signed you took the next two. Yeah. Then Pusan the next two, yep. and then signed you the next one. Uh, but if it goes to sudden death, it signed you then Pusan and signs you Pusan so I mean, it doesn't really matter in sudden death. Obviously, it's just those first five penalties. Um, do you think it takes the pressure off the penalty kick takers? Do you think it's a better system? What do you think? Do you think it then means that whoever wins it to us the coin, it's not a case of like, well, I'm going first. You're always following me, so you're you're always the team who knows you have to score the fifth penalty. So, so this was done to kind of level up the odds, right? Yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, uh, may- maybe once we get used to it, the, the odds will be level. But at the moment, uh, I would imagine the players are still feeling the pressure. Yeah, I would think um, so. But I think definitely once they start doing more often, I think uh, I think it will level things out. I think it is unfair for one team to always go first and one team to be the ones always playing catch up, right? Uh, knowing that they have to score that fifth penalty, knowing that they have to score every single penalty in sudden death. Do you know what I mean? What they should do is send them down other opposite ends of the park and do them at the same time in front of their own fans. Strangely enough, I once actually had an idea that they should do penalties before kickoff. Okay. So the first thing they should do is take the penalties, and then you have 90 minutes for the team that lost the penalty shootout to win the game. <laughs> try hard. <laughs> try harder, yeah. But well, then that way the one team is going to be trying to win, right? And not two teams playing for penalties, right? You're going to get at least one team trying to win. Yeah. And there would never be any extra time. You would just pay 90 minutes and then the penalties. I think, I would love to know stats as to how many games are actually won in extra time, anyway. I don't think teams really try in extra time. I think teams, when it's full time, I think you as well just go straight to penalties. I don't get the extra 30 minutes. I don't, I don't think it. I think when there was a golden goal was implemented, when France won the World Cup, the golden goal, right? Okay. Um, I think that when the golden goal was, was implemented, I think teams did try and, and, and score during extra time, but I think now it's. Uh, I, don't think it, I don't think it's any difference, to be, to be perfectly honest. Um, get the penalties, yeah. Nine of the best penalties I've seen. Uh, no goalkeeper get anywhere near any of the penalties at all. Um, and unfortunately for Pusan, uh, they crashed out um, because their guy blasted the ball over over the bar. Yeah, ten centimeters too high, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, should be noted that Leo, who came on during extra time, um, the guy who had been scoring not for fun but had been doing really well in debut, doesn't really seem to, be done, to have done a whole lot at Pusan. Um, now he he pulled up his his uh, t-shirt and celebrated the penalty. He said he felt really bad that he couldn't or didn't uh, didn't have an opportunity to celebrate uh, a goal during the, the 90 minutes. So when he scored his penalty, he ran away, pulled his t-shirt up, and celebrated. Uh, his in his t-shirt uh, had the words uh, "Children Hall, Jesus is watching over you now." Um, very emotional emotional moment. 
unfortunately, uh, Pusan were unable to secure um, a place in the classic for Chojin Ho, and Sangju are now going to be there next year. How do you feel about that? So I, I think I, I think I said this at the weekend. Like uh, if I let my if I, if I think with my heart and I think with my head, I'll give you two two different answers. Uh, my head is happy because I think this Sangju team underperformed this year uh, based on the players that they've got, guys like you and Yu Sung Yu Sung and um, Hong Chou and stuff. Uh, and I think they would be stronger next year. And when I've seen the list of players who have applied to be in the army team, um, it looks pretty strong again. Yeah. Um, so I think they were, I think if they had been in the challenge, they would have run away with the challenge. And I think we, as a Songnam fan, we'd, we'd been left fighting for a playoff again. Yeah. Um, whereas I think this Pusan team, well, I think this Pusan team is only strong because of of Cho Jin Ho. I don't think they'll be strong next year. Uh, so my head is happy, my heart is obviously unhappy, and I would like to have seen Pusan win it for for Cho, to be honest. Okay, just two things to wrap it up. Um, you sang him play from the start, so you watched him for the full 120 minutes plus. Yep, and he let in two goals, fantastic, I'm, I'm even happier now. And I will admit, it's very, very rare <coughs> that you can actually detest the goalkeeper, because mm. they don't really do anything to be detested. For, uh, but he is a detestable character. Okay. I would like to say that. Okay. I, I don't like the way he celebrates. I don't like his. He's made a reputation of nothing. He's made a reputation of a Pohang bottling it. I don't think he's actually a good goalkeeper. But <coughs> Pohang bottling it in, in, two, in two penalty shootouts. And Urawa Reds also bottling it in a penalty shootout has kind of gained him this reputation, right? <coughs> and the second thing, assuming you got the winning penalty. Oh, yes, he did, yes. So yes, he was the one who scored the winning penalty, yeah. Yep. Right. So, roll on a couple of days later, Wednesday night, Poussin have to get themselves up, off the ground, to face, yep. Pulsa, to face Ulsan. Yep. In Poussin, in yep. front of a bumper crowd of 2,000 or so. Uh, I don't think there was even 2,000 there. Um, I watched this game. I, I, I said I didn't really watch it closely, but I, I saw bits of it. Um... The, the problem with the Gudok is that the TV camera is at the wrong angle, so that the TV camera is actually in the main stand, okay. so it always looks like there's nobody there. Um, but so I probably was a little bit busier than I actually looked on, on, on TV. Um, yeah, unsurprisingly, Wilson won the game, and I think that's really all we have to comment on. 2-1, right? 2-1, yeah. Um, I mean, <coughs> they probably should have won it with a larger margin to be honest um, but I think that's been Ulsan of late is like they've kind of failed to kill games off uh, but you've got to imagine 2-1 going back to Ulsan for the game at the weekend uh, can't see Pusan scoring two goals without conceding a couple as well um, so I think unfortunately the Pusan dream for me I think is over I think Pusan will be in, they're obviously, obviously they'll be in the challenge and I think they'll be runners up in the cup and Ulsan will be the team will be in ACL next year So, I know you said you can watch that closely but just based on your impression did they look tired from playing extra time or did they look emotionally wrecked from losing the playoff 
final or do they I think it's a combination of both or just all of a sudden just a stronger team yeah. a combination of all three then she's giving me three okay. options at the end there uh, we'll send a stronger team okay. I, think, I don't think that's deniable um, I think I was saying the Phantom last night but when you look at the players that Ulsan can call upon you know like Orsic you know like Lee Jung Ho there is a stronger team across the board um, so yeah I wasn't surprised I think Pusan, I think Pusan threw everything at Sangju and I think with a better team over the over the two games and deserved to win to be honest but I think it was, I think it took everything out of them and I think they rolled over a little bit easy to, to Ulsan and I, I reckon they could get a, a scalping at the weekend ok so on to your which to be honest again if you think about head and heart ruling here my head would want Ulsan to, to win the cup anyway because I think Pusan yeah I think Pusan I think this year the Korean participation in the ACL was kind of embarrassing and I mainly, think, mainly down to Ulsan yeah, yeah yeah of course yeah and I don't think we need Pusan um, not exactly being up there and being able to challenge teams like Gamba Saka or, or some of the Chinese heavyweights because uh, things continue Korea are going to start losing on their four or yeah. three, three places in the playoff they go down to two and two or, yeah, two, or and two. two and yeah. one or yeah that's the problem right yeah okay. so winners and losers of the week who's your winner uh, winner's going to be the army team uh, pretty obvious I, th- I think my my winners and losers are are going to be obvious I think my winners are, are Sangju I don't think they really deserve to win it but they held their nerve in the penalty shootout converted five stunning spot kicks and yeah for me winner of the week yeah not the winner of the week wasn't the neutral fan because I don't think the games were particularly well Sunday's game was actually good and we had like, the thrill of the penalty shootout but yeah my, yeah, my winner of the week is Sangju Okay, you? My, I guess I can't disagree with you there. It's the 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 one match of importance that happened, and they came through. They they've uh, broken a record, right, by being the first classic team to not get relegated. Yep. Well, they're going to break a record either way, right? They'd be the first team to be relegated three times, or the first classic team to win the playoff final. Yeah. They did the latter, so congratulations to them. And it means that they'll be there next season and you'll see Jim and Q in the Classic instead of in the Challenge. I don't have the kind of visceral hatred for Sangju that a lot of other people do, but... Uh, I mean, I think it's just because they take players from other teams and they're not an actual team. But, I mean, at the end of the day, for a player like Jim and Gu, you, you want to see him play against the best and not, and not play in the Challenge. Yep. OK, lose of the week? Uh, lose of the week? Um, that's a good one. Uh, I don't want to go with Pusan because I think it's too easy uh, so loser of the week uh, is going to be the man with the emotional music that had made all the the video clips of Cho Jin Ho over the course of 2017 that was going ready to play them uh, when Pusan beat Sanju in the playoff and didn't get a chance and that he's my loser of the week because he put all that time and effort into that kaleidoscope or whatever you want to call it of videos yeah and didn't get to play it. So that's my loser of the week. So presumably, uh, each team uh, prepares some kind of scarf or t-shirt yep. for winning the cup. Good imagine. And so. uh, the ones that the losing team ships us off to Africans, to Africa, right? 
or wherever. Well, that, that's what they do in big teams in the West, anyway. <laughs> yeah, please, the Korean one says. Please, please clear that, that that's not just like a, an idle racist comment. Please clear the fact that that's what teams do. That's what they in really England do in Scotland and in, 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 in America. Okay. So they both teams prepare scarfs or t-shirts saying we won champions 2017 or whatever and the losing team basically donates them to the charity to charity and they okay. get off to uh, areas suffering from national uh, devastation hey, bunch of <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I guess my lose of the week is that because Poos and that don't have that many fans they won't have prepared that many t-shirts celebrity t-shirts and scarves so the uh, the poor people around the world who would have received them will be receiving a lot less than they would have done <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair that's a fair comment and that, that is indeed a fair loser of the week uh, so yeah so sorry guys you'll need to make do with Sheffield Wednesday tops <laughs> <laughs> from, from our player fund yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then that's 2017 Celtic Champions League tops. Uh, yes, well, we didn't get very far yet. Um, so yeah, so um, I guess I mean I gave you my prediction. I mean I think Osan will scalp Pusan at the weekend. Maybe two three 0 Maybe even more. Paul, round off the 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 preview. Do you think that's where the smart money is? But yeah. we've seen Pusan do well against uh, classic teams all through the years. So yeah, maybe if they can. Uh, pull themselves up off the floor make a good game of it and also on a bolt quite a few games as well so yeah yeah. I mean yeah. and it's only, they're only 2-1 down right so yeah. it's still all to play for I mean the potential is there but <coughs> I just can't see them scoring two goals but you never know you never know they can make the their goal came quite late right yeah yeah. so at least they got that if they've gone there 2-0 down I yeah, think they've been really open. screwed but 2-1 yeah. They'll they'll think they can do it. Whether whether they can or not will remains to be seen. So okay, okay, sweet. Okay, what's next? And uh, well, next up is uh, you. You may have heard a, a spring in my step, uh, a little, a, a rather chipper tone to my my uh, co-hosting this week. Yeah, uh, that would be because uh, Park Kyung-hoon has been sacked. From Songnam. Is he sacked or is he quit or is he left by mutual agreement? Uh, well, depends on whose Twitter feed you read. Uh, they, there's nothing official from the club in terms of whether we've seen the words. I think the official report says mutual consent, yeah. uh, but I have on good authority that he was fired. Okay. Um, so he's gone. Um, who's favourite to take over? Uh, well, right now there's just been no names. Big Sam's just uh, just uh, gone to Everton. Yeah, and so uh, Pardew's gone to West Brom. So, so that's two of the favourites out there running. So one I've watched in both those ones. Um, there's no, yeah, as I said, there's nothing um, nothing I've heard of yet. Uh, although I do know that also stepping down uh, is Song Sung Ho, who stepped down from Asan. So even though he took Asan to third in the league yep. uh, he stepped down okay. so maybe he stepped down looking for a bigger team wears black with a big bird in their stand uh, could be obviously right. Tejon appointed a manager last week right yeah they appointed the assistant manager of Subban Bloomings yep. who strange enough had actually been on a, a coaching mission, mission to Spain not a coaching sorry a scouting mission to Spain uh, the last couple of weeks of the season for Bloomings 
Uh, I think it was Spain or Brazil. I know those two have been in the final. But that's the same as the uh, the new Kangwon manager, right? I do remember a few weeks ago when he was appointed. I said, oh, he's just got back from yeah. two months in Brazil. Yeah. So scouting around. So yeah. So maybe Dejan will bring in a couple of Brazilian players that were maybe originally being scouted for the Blue Wings, like Santos. Is Santos or someone like that? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, like for Songnam replacement. I don't really know. I mean, it's going to be one of the the old guard. It's going to be one of the usual names, probably, like someone who's kind of like been been around and about. Um, if you right now had to say to me it was Tian uh, Sun, I would stop supporting Songnam. But um, that I'll be welcome back at all. <laughs> never there in the first place. But uh, I would be, be happy with anyone basically. Um, just anyone who plays a, a good. Decent tries to at least play a decent well, brand of attack in football. I saw that Hong Myung Bo announced earlier this week that he's not going to do any more, take any more coaching jobs. He's going to focus on admin. Okay. So, don't have to worry about that. Okay. Uh, breaking news is that Andre Villabos, I think that's his name, uh, AVB, has. In Shanghai SIPG. Yep, he's living in Shanghai. Uh, he said he's looking for, for a, a challenge that doesn't involve a league, but he feels that the punishment on his players is too great. And Pierre Yapani came out and was really openly, like, spoke about the, the Chinese FA like last week or something before he announced his, his uh, resignation. So maybe he's going to come to Korea, maybe he'll be the new Songnam manager. AVB in black in the dugout at Tanshan. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, it'll be, it'll be, um, it'll be Kim Hagbum. <laughs> come right, back, Kim. He's free, right? Come back, Hagbum. I was forgiven. So there's been a. There was a bit of chat about uh, the English English Premier League ma- managerial mani- merry-go-round, right? Where mm, yeah. the same few guys get sacked, come in. So there's a few there's a few managers that are renowned for being able to come in and, and save a, a failing team. Yeah. Like your Big Sam, your Pardew, yep. your Hodgson. So they come in, save a team that's in danger of relegation. Then they can't kick on, so they get fired. And then... Next next season, there's another team that's facing relegation, so they go in there. So you've got these same few mm, guys yeah. going around and around. Do you think that's the same in Korea? Um, I don't really know. I mean, you'd have to say maybe, in the sense that Kim Hak Bum came in to save Songnam, saved him, won the cup, got another year, um, did reasonably well that season, the ACL, good campaign, top six. Next year, terrible, fired or left, gets brought in by Guangzhou to save them, doesn't save them, leaves. Um, so you could use Kim Hak-Bum as an example of that. But then if you look at other managers, I guess Chikang, he did the same thing with John Book, right? He was at John Book and then came back again. Yeah. Um, I guess Wang Sung-Ho, Wang Sung-Hong, Pohang did well. Then left management, came back. Well, he, he, so he, he left because he felt he'd taken his point as far yeah. as he could. And he wanted to go around the world watching football for two years and learn. Sort of. So, I guess the short answer to your question is that I don't really know. I, I think some managers will go to teams, uh, like some multiple teams, but with the idea of saving them or something, or doing something that the previous manager couldn't. But I don't think, in, nowhere near in the same kind of quantity as in as in uh, England but we don't have a Kaylee equivalent of uh, Big Sam or Harry Redknapp right someone that you can 
sort of say we'll bring this guy in to keep us up or we'll bring this guy in because he's a, a wheeler dealer if it transfers I think if if Hackbomb had kept ground you up then yeah you would have had Kim Hackbomb would have been the equivalent of a Sam Aldice okay. I think had he kept ground you up he, he didn't so I, I don't think he's going to get what I mean by that is I don't think he's going to get pulled in next year to save Inchon if Inchon are in relegation or pulled in to save you know Daegu or, or whatever so I don't think he's going to have that reputation but he, I think he's the closest that you could have having been brought in to save Songnam and then brought in to save Guangzhou ok alright so next up some uh, some some transfer news some some transfer rumors not any transfer news okay but a few a few transfer stories going around um i guess the two the two big ones uh you up to sue one three big ones uh Unilock to sue one was i think is just a little bit of uh, trolling a little bit of like mischief making okay not even whying is that stupid not even Wang is that daft that he would sell Unirock to Suwan. Not even Wang would do that. So, ju- ju- just while we're talking about it, Scotty Bluings asked on Twitter if that went, if that actually happened. Do you think that Soul fans would throw beer at Unilock when he came back, or beer or water cans, uh, beer cans or water bottles at, at Unilock when he came back? I think. Uh, I, I, I can't answer that question, but I think maybe if he acted the same way as Sango did Sango, yeah. yeah maybe if he acted the same way then maybe if he walked up to him in the same way I don't know but I would like I would probably say no just because the fans are further away <laughs> from but at Sang you know like at Sangam they're further away right but I don't know I think if he betrayed so went I, I would depend on, 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 on how he left if Huang sold him in order to raise money to bring in, you know, bring Yi Chong Yong back, for example, or Ki Chong Yong, then obviously not. But if he just went and then started running his mouth about how it's great to be at a team where I can hear the fans, like Hong Chao did, it's great when I can wash my my own strip and it won't fall apart, like Hong Chao did. <laughs> um, I mean, if if he did that kind of thing, then yeah, I think they'd throw water bottles on. Okay. Um, so that's the one that I think is just is mischief making. I don't think it's actually true. Okay. So the two the, the two big ones I was talking about is uh, Park Juho uh, of Borussia Dortmund, uh, fullback Borussia Dortmund, uh, being linked with Suwon Bluebings. Yep. Uh, people were thinking that could be why Santos wasn't renewed because uh, he was obviously on a fair bit of money. Maybe they could use that money to tempt uh, Park to Korea because they're losing. Kim Minu to Sanjay yeah. yeah I mean he's he's applied and he's passed his, his examination yeah um, another big news um, is well actually there's two other pieces of news but anyway we'll, we'll go through the other one first another big news is the fact that um, that Thiago is on the verge of signing for John Book yep it's just a matter of crossing the T's and dotting the I's or with Thiago maybe crossing the I's and dotting the T's so they got rid of Eddie right so they, they do have a free spot they do have a free spot yeah and that's definitely an upgrade if you, if you ask me another news is that podcast favourite uh, the the moustache boy um, Kang Su Il yep. who, who turned who is now 30 uh, has moved um, from the J2 yep. uh, to Ratchaburi FC in Thailand. 
Okay. No idea about Ratchaburi FC sitting in the league, so don't know if we'll see him gracing the fields of, well not so anyway, but but, but gracing the fields of mm. Korea anytime soon. Um, but yeah, so that's the the, the main transfer rumours and news. Um, we'll keep you obviously updated on those ones, and yeah, next week we'll kind of give you any more any more rumours that are going around. Yep. Um. So speaking of Thiago. Yep. Coming back, uh, he's obviously, you know, a man, but you know, a, a player that I am rather fond of. Yep. Uh, if he came back, he would, he would, he would be a, obviously a foreigner coming to Korea for the third time. Yep. Having played Pohang Songnam and Bidin Jongbuk, and I guess that takes us on to this week's K Classic. Yep. This week's K Classic is we talk about foreigners, foreign players in Korea. Mainly Brazilians. Mainly Brazilians, yeah, but the main focus being on Brazilians. So, so if I asked you, well, let me ask you a couple of questions. How okay. many how many foreigners do you think have played in the K League in the 35 years since it started in 1983? So, since 1983, how many foreigners? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say 500. 500. Easy okay. round number in the middle. Okay. Oh. And how many of those do you think would be would be Brazilian? Uh, I'm going to say that there's a. I'm going to say probably. <sighs> In my experience in the K League, I'm going to say 75% of them are Brazilian. 75% are Brazilian. Interesting. Yep, that's what I'm going to say. So about 500 foreigners and 75% of them being Brazilian. Am I close, Paul? Because I know that you did a, a, a Spencer from Criminal Minds. Uh, no, you get, you get knocked up in prison for uh, murdering someone, that's not what I meant. But uh, you were the cryptographer, or whatever it is, when we did all the, all, all the research. Yeah, so this, this is based on assuming that what's on Wikipedia is true. Ah, I see. Which is mainly, I, th- I did find a couple of sort of uh, things that didn't quite tie in but if this was a university entrance exam paper you would be instantly failed <laughs> uh, according to Wikipedia so this is this is records on Wikipedia from 1983 to 2017 for K Classic and K League Challenge okay there have been 768 different foreigners that have played in the league oh well I wasn't far away um, obviously some of them have played for, new, for different teams so Say Edu played for Suwon and Chumbuk, right? Yep. Thiago, as we mentioned, has played for um, Pohang and Songnam. Yeah. So when you extra- when you extrapolate that, you've got 937 different sort of foreign spots that have been used up. Okay. Uh, and obviously, some of them played more than one season. And I, I did a look into it, and there was something like 1,300 odd seasons of foreigners playing in the league. Okay. Um, um, when it comes to Brazilians, uh, about 50% are, are Brazilian. No, it's quite far off, and I thought it would be a lot higher than that. So, yeah. Um, next biggest country, what's your guess? Uh, next biggest country, uh, I'm going to go for somewhere in Eastern Europe then. Because uh, you, you, you won't see very many other uh, southern, you know, like Southern American or that kind of area. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to go for an Eastern European country, a good cheap football in Eastern European country. I'm going to go for uh, Croatia. Croatia. Uh, they're third. Third, okay. Second, Serbia. Oh, really? Oh. And then fourth, Australia. But I guess that's kind of a recent development. That's a recent, uh, yeah, obviously that's really recent, right? Because, yeah. I mean, almost every single team seems to have an Australian in their team, right? Right. 
but I mean Serbia only 6% of the foreigners that have played here have, have been Serbian so it's way behind yeah Brazilians clearly the, uh, the the nationality of choice okay but if you look at it from year to year these things go through they're kind of cyclical so there was a period in the in the mid 80s when there was a lot of Poles and a lot of Hungarians and then they got passed up in favour of Russians in the in the 90s and then they got passed up in favour of Increasing that number of Brazilians. Okay. Uh, do we know where, who was the first Brazil or who was the first foreigner and where he was from? Yep, uh, I looked into that. So, uh, obviously, the first proper K League was in 1983. Five teams played. Okay. Uh, one of them was the Posco, uh, the Posco Dolphins. So they were the forerunners of today's Porhang. Okay. Uh, and they signed two Brazilians in that year. In the first year? Yeah. So. What, what happened was um, one of their suppliers of raw, obviously Posca makes steel, right? So one of their suppliers of raw materials for their steel was in Brazil, was in Brazil, and they made a deal with their Brazilian supplier who had a, a, a team in Brazil okay. to kind of uh, take two players on loan. So they signed these two guys, and uh, according to the report I read, it was not so much that they were brilliant footballers; it was more like a kind of to make closer links between the Brazilian supplier and the Korean company. Okay. So they took these two guys, they rocked up to Kimpo in, uh, I think it was the uh, end of June, uh, sorry, sorry, end of May, and they spent a month like acclimatising and training with their players before they made their debuts, uh, made their debuts um, against the now defunct Gungmin Bank, and played for two, two seasons in the early 80s. Um, after that, nothing really happened. I think one guy... Whose name was uh, Kogo, and he played twice. Okay. And the other guy, Alves, played five times, mostly coming off the bench. Okay. Uh, and then they buggered off back to Brazil at the end of sometime within six months. So, so typical kind of Brazilians that we come to expect. Yeah. Yep. Um, in terms of finances, they received their whatever they were receiving playing paying for Brazilian team. They they received that from the Brazilian team, and then in addition. Uh, Posco paid them a million one a month, gave them a car and a house. Oh wow! Okay. So a million one back in the early eighties is probably not that bad. Yeah, in a car and a house. Yeah. Okay. So after that, uh, those two left. Nineteen eighty-four saw four more foreigners come in, but for the eighties uh, there was very few foreigners around. So four in eighty-four, two in eighty-five, one in eighty-six, one in eighty-seven, none at all in eighty-eight, uh, and that's where it continued. Um. Uh, but in the in the early years, like in the early 80s, it was mainly Brazilians, and then from 88 to 94, there were no Brazilians at all. Okay. Uh, and then sort of Brazilians started drifting back in, and then from the the turn of the turn of the century, um, we've seen sort of the, the percentage of Brazilians going up and up. So in the year 2001, it was 35 percent of all foreigners were Brazilian, uh, and by 2008, that hit 73 percent of Brazilians. Okay. And now it's gone back down. The last five years, we, we've seen it hovering around sort of fifty percent, which is again like the influx of players like you know the Australian players that have come in, and like again we've seen more kind of Eastern European players. Yeah. Right? So from sort of uh, two thousand six, two thousand seven, we've seen roughly sixty or seventy foreigners playing in the K League each year, but this year up to ninety. So it's a bit of a, a jump. Yeah, that's reason. a lot, right? But I guess that includes that's the fourth place, right? That's even with uh, two teams disappearing, right? Okay, but but I guess a lot more teams now are using <coughs> that fourth, yeah, the, the fourth Asian player. You know, like obviously you have 
<coughs> you know, as we've discussed, they'd be assuming players and stuff like coming in using yeah. that last four slot, right? When I looked into the numbers, um, it says that about 60, 62% of foreigners play at maximum one season. Okay. So with Wikipedia, I didn't want to go and looking at every single player, so I just got the, the years they were active in the K-League. So, say, player A played for Team B in, say, 2017. Now, I don't know if he came in, played six months and went, or if he stayed for the whole yeah. season. Yeah, I understand. But, but so roughly about 60% of them so stay for one season. Yeah, so 60, 62% stay, play in the K-League in only one calendar year. Okay. Um... Uh, 3% of them pl- stay for more than 5 years Okay so, And the, the, the percentage for Brazilians Is not that different We always sort of complain about these useless no-name Brazilians But the 67% of Brazilians Stay for one season And 3% of them stay more than 5 So not hugely different Yeah Okay. When it comes to uh, The teams they're playing for Certain teams prefer Brazilians uh, You want to take a guess Which, um, which K-League teams but I, I'm going to I'm going to take a stab that Pohang don't prefer Brazilians <laughs> because they tend to uh, have mostly Koreans, right? Um, but teams prefer Brazilians. Um, well, just myself, from my experience watching Songnam, Songnam don't seem to bring in. I know they have Brazilians now, but they don't really seem to bring in that many Diddy Brazilians. Like they seem to mostly bring in like other other nationalities, like you know, like Sasa and Jeparov <coughs> and stuff like that. They've had their fair share of Brazilians in Everton and Tiago and, and so on. Um, so I'm say, I would say Songnam are probably down the lower ranks of favouring Brazilians. Teams that I would say are at the higher ranks. I would say John Book. Okay. As long as I can remember, John Brick always had at least two Brazilians. Yeah. Three, right? Other teams, I don't know how long. I guess since Butch on 1995 <laughs> ever formed, I think they've had three Brazilians every single season almost, right? Uh, so they've been, they've been around for five years now, yeah. right? Uh, they've had eight different foreigners, of which five were Brazilian. Okay, yeah. So they've always had a Brazilian, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so am I right? So, so Songnam, I'm going to say Seoul are probably pretty low down there as well. Yeah, I, can, I, th- I know they've had a couple of Brazilians, mostly rubbish ones as well. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, again, like looking at it now, you've got Osmar Spanish, you've got Kova, somewhere from Eastern European, East, yeah. you've got Dehan, obviously Eastern European, Montenegrin, Montenegrin, and yeah. you've got the Australian, Iranian, Iranian. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was Australian originally, but yeah, Iranian, yeah. So they had Mourinho mm. earlier this year. Yeah. They had that useless Costa, Rafael, Rafael Costa. Costa. Costa Fortune, as I used to call him. Um, another guy I remember, Anderson, who was around for like five games. Yep. So. Okay, and they also, they obviously brought Everton back. They yeah. brought Everton from, from back to Korea is what I mean. Yeah. Okay. So, so just to tidy it up, yeah. Um, Teams that favour Brazilians, uh, Tegu, 75% of their foreigners ever have been Brazilian. Okay. 70% of Guangzhou's foreigners have been Brazilian. You picked out Chumbuk, 50% of their foreigners have been Brazilian. Um, Pohang, 55%. Uh, Seoul, 35%. Songnam, 37%. So things like that. What about the Blue Wings? Uh, 46% of their foreigners have been Brazilian. Okay, that's interesting because, like, yeah, I mean, down the recent years, they've had Jonathan, Santos, Caio, and Higor, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Who can forget Higor? 
The actual team that hates Brazilians the most is Inchon. Twenty-eight percent of their foreigners have been Brazilian. But yeah, okay, that's interesting. We had uh, Evil was a guy I remember. Yeah. The Brazilian with the blonde hair, right? I actually really liked him. Yeah. But I guess if you look at some of their other foreigners, yeah, they've had like Kevin and uh, Connor Chapman right now. And they have quite a few uh, Eastern Europeans, yeah. as well, I think. So, yeah. So um, most teams. Average one point one to one point three Brazilians per season. Okay. Uh, and most teams. So right now we're allowed four foreigners per team, right? Yep. So I don't know what it was like, how how that rules progressed over time, but if you look at say uh, Songnam, they've they've been in existence for twenty nine years, right? They've had seventy seven foreigners over that time, which means they've had two point seven foreigners per year. Yep. Okay. Um, the highest making use of their their foreigner Chumbuk. allowance. Uh, no, Chonbuk just two point five. So oh, okay. highest Tegu, Kangwon, uh, Incheon, uh, and Suwon. Suwon have had an average of three foreigners per year okay. in their twenty-two so years. Not Suwon, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Seoul, two two foreigners. Okay. I said, and Pohang, obviously Pohang making zero use of their foreigners under Pohang. Uh, and they're going to be down at like 0.2 right because they had that whole Korean only uh, double winning team right yeah but they're still using 2.2 on average I guess they had a, a lot of foreigners in the early days pre pre one pre one yeah, yeah. Okay. so obviously out of the th- what almost 400 Brazilians that have been here the, the worst ever is going to be hard to pick because we'll, we just won't have heard of him be some guy like Igor that Igor yeah never played but who is your f- all time favourite Brazilian tough one tough one um, I'm going to uh, most recently obviously um, there was uh, Tiago who was just like for me is probably um, the best foreign I've seen play in the song now yeah um, I think for scoring um, the equaliser in the last seconds of the game at Blue Wings, uh, it's hard to not say Sever Jeparov. But we're going to be Brazilians, not just foreigners, right? Yeah. Um, and obviously, Solomon fans, up until he betrayed us and signed for um, Seoul, used to sing the song, If Only We Could All Have a Team Full of Everons. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say, for me, the Brazilian, um, my favourite Brazilian of all time, um, yeah, Thiago. Uh, for one reason. Thiago was my favourite Brazilian because he took on the whole John Am team and scored that wonder goal when he basically threw the ball from the halfway line and dribbled past like five players and then scored. Yeah. So just for that goal alone, I'm going to put Thiago as my as my favourite as my favourite foreigner. So for me, my favourite Brazilian. Your favourite Brazilian. Um, for me, it's, it's problematic, right? Because if you look at Seoul's relatively few Brazilians, uh, then it obviously would be Adi, I guess. Yeah, played for six or seven years. Very solid at the back. Outside chance you pick Adriano because he scored a lot of goals. Yep. Although I'm not sure he's the, the best team player. But then if I think over the league as a whole, uh, Leonardo um, Chumbuk. Yeah, it's hard not to difficult to ignore him. Yeah, Nino back in the day. Okay, yeah. Um, Edu was a, a good player 
Well, he's been, but I mean, he's still been banging in a few goals this year with with, the, with all the ex- excess weight he's carrying. But back in the day, he was quite good. Okay. He was the one guy that went to the K League and and left and went to Europe. Right, he went and pl- played in Germany. Yep. So, um, if you if if I have to pick one, and say Leonardo. I would probably say yeah I, I would say Leonardo for giving us that penalty between him and Kyle when they touched the ball and Leonardo yeah that, that, the penalty that was the penalty that Arsenal couldn't do or something right right um, okay so yeah so yeah Thiago Leonardo definitely up there um, for me one of my favourite Brazilians also has to be said can't talk about a Brazilian and not give a mention to Andre Moritz in Korea for a week headbutts a referee <laughs> or a player sorry but he, he wasn't here as a Brazilian he wasn't here as a Brazilian he was here as a Italian according to Wikipedia <laughs> I, I thought he was Swiss but apparently he's Italian ok but he he came back as a Brazilian uh, or he went to Thailand as a Brazilian um, but yeah ok he went to India right he went to India came back to Korea Korea, then went to Thailand and then after a week said I don't like this either and then buggered off right well we're back on Thailand yeah Ratchaburi where Mr. Kanye Su's gone to grow his moustache in the the warm weather they mm. finished sixth in this year's Thai league oh, so we won't see them next year we won't see them now okay okay so okay uh, anything happening on the forums this this club this past week uh, probably but I didn't check so we'll we'll, we'll pass we'll pass on that for this week okay no problem at all so anything else that you want to cover anything else to go over no I guess we're going to start planning what we're going to do in the off season now okay so filling those long and lonely gaps okay so one of the things that we've got planned uh, is our our uh, Paul's 11 versus March 11 yep Um, so just to briefly go over this this is the idea that we must pick a player uh, from each of the teams in the league uh, with the extra team choosing the manager yeah yep um, we must follow the. It must be a recognisable format, the four four two, five three two, whatever, and it must follow the foreigner rule as well. Yep. And the players must finish the season in the classic. Isn't that correct? They must be in the classic at the end of the season. So it means you can't pick someone that transferred out in June. Uh, yes. Okay. They've got to finish the season in the classic. And they have to finish the season for the team that you select them for. So you can't yes. you can't select someone for Daydron that that transferred to Seoul in the summer and finish the season at Seoul. Yeah, um, you can do that. Not that anyone ever would. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he left and came back in my in my defence. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I guess we'll be talking about that over, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of other things that we've got coming up. We've got a special guest who's going to give us a review of the season uh, in his own an inimitable style. Um, and we'll have an exit interview with some of our, one of our daily departed. Yep, uh, foreign members of the K League who may or may not be coming back, but almost certainly hasn't. Uh, just before we get into the outro, um, one last thing to talk about: World Cup draw happening on Friday. Yep, I don't care, Scotland aren't in it. <laughs> so you can talk about that for the next couple of minutes. Who are you, you, you going to be? Anyone but England, or are you going to actually pick a team to support? In, um, in Scotland's absence I, I, well, I mean since I came to Korea and Scotland haven't qualified for a World Cup I've always chosen Korea anyway ok so who do you fancy them to get 
Um, so would, would I fancy or like I mean I haven't actually seen how they've grouped them I haven't seen you know like the pots and stuff like that uh, but I'm going to say uh, very much I would like to see them get uh, Peru okay because I think that could be a good game yep. uh, I would like to see them avoid um, I'd, like, I'd like to see them avoid uh, some of the big guns uh, so it would be great if they could avoid, for example, if they could avoid the Dutch, that would be really good. <laughs> uh, if they could avoid the Italians, yeah. uh, definitely the Irish, because they're always tough. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute, that's the alternative for a cup, right? Um, yeah, want to see them avoid the Germans, obviously. Want to see them avoid the Brazilians and the Argentinians. So but at the same time, I want them to make it a good team to play against. Okay, pot one. Russia, Germany, Brazil, Portugal, Argentina, Belgium, Poland. Poland. Pot two. Spain, Peru, Switzerland, England, Colombia, Mexico, Uruguay, Croatia. Peru. Oh, I missed that France just now from pot one. Peru. Peru. Pot three. Denmark, Iceland, Costa Rica, Sweden, Tunisia, Egypt, Senegal, Iran. Iceland, I think you find out this is the one I asked for. So, <laughs> Iceland, so Peru, and Poland. So theoretically, you could potentially get Korea, Iceland, Peru, and Poland. Yep, that would be the dream. Obviously, for England, uh, I would like Brazil, Germany, and Argentina. <laughs> you, for England, you'd, like, you'd want Germany. Yep. England. Yep. Um, Iceland. Iceland. Uh, okay. And then from pot four, probably. Serbia, yeah, or Nigeria or Nigeria. Australia, Japan, Japan. Have a cracker, England versus Japan. Wow, that would be the game where you just hope the stadium collapses. Anyway, um, we'll know by Friday. Well, it's very late Friday night our time. Yeah, so we'll, we'll know by Saturday morning probably. And so we'll discuss that on next week's podcast. Yeah. Uh, so just before we go on to the World Cup, you're asking me about outro. Yep. Um, I would have thought it's obvious. It's uh, a song by Foreigner. Of course. Take it away, Maestro. 